0: Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest hour, most significant hour, the deepest, greatest, I don't know, really most impactful one hour of Christian talk radio. Did I do any better, honey? Just say the fastest one Fastest hour. one hour in Christian Talk Radio. And on Tuesdays, we call it Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we talk about your marriage and your relationship issues and how they impact your workplace. And just understanding ourselves helps us so much in understanding our workplace. And every Tuesday, we just dedicate to working on our relationships because, frankly... Not enough time is spent in the United States of America or around the world on working on relationships. Here's one thing our Heavenly Father was phenomenal about as he came down and demonstrated who he was through the person of Jesus Christ. He was really good at relationships. You and I have a lot to learn, so make sure you stay tuned. Hey, super big thanks go out today to Ace Andrews. He's in the studio today, and he'll be taking your calls when we give away a couple of copies of the book by Rick Johnson, understanding the man you love now understand this is a 15 volume edition book
1: That's gonna say because that's useless understand-
0: actually if it was understanding the woman you love the books would fill the room haven't understand- you ever seen
1: that facebook post where it's like a big huge and it's huge
0: all right it's- but understand the man you love is simple one page volume all you got to do <laughs> is tune in and we'll give away that copy because men are simple we're just simple mm-hmm. just simple Hey, but we would love to tell you about, well, we'd like to thank you for tuning in today, which is a relaxed edition of the day of I Work What do you think?
1: Yeah, you're kicking back.
0: Kicking back, got the feet up on the studio table, having a great time. There we go. Oh, boy, this feels good. You know, the marriage cruise is a little less than, a little less than seven months from now, mm-hmm. right? Is that right?
1: Sounds right. Okay.
0: And we really need people to start signing up now. But let me just, let's just describe for people what they can expect. Because this is a weekend. There, there's not. This is not a pomp and circumstance weekend. This isn't a, a weekend full of glitzy performances or, or you know, world-renowned speakers. It's Martha and I sharing from our hearts and challenging you and your husband or you and your wife how to dig deeper in your marriage
1: yeah, we were talking with a friend the other day who was saying, "Oh, my husband wouldn't want to give up any time on the cruise to, you know, do anything other than what we want to do. and well, the the point is is that it's it's purposefully there to invest in your marriage, but we are not monopolizing people's time. They can choose how much um time above and beyond the sessions that they spend with anybody else. Um, but we have found that people want to, keep having the discussion after our sessions end. And that's a lot of fun.
0: And honestly, we are trying to provide something out there for couples. That's not available really in a lot of places, a reasonably priced five day marriage retreat on a cruise ship with everything included no hidden strings attached. The only thing you got to pay extra for is whatever excursion you may do on the beautiful island of Cozumel, just off the coast of Mexico. <laughs> Everything else, what? All oh, the blue waters. Just picture it right now. Wouldn't that you be You were just nice? going
1: into your vacation. I was I'm thinking about some of the dip- <laughs> Playa
0: Mia. Those days have been fantastic. Unlimited virgin strawberry daiquiris. You know, you can get a buzz on strawberry daiquiris. Not that I intended to do that. Sugar buzz. Sugar buzz. Uh, But we'd love for you to join Martha and I, to go on the cruise with us. And it doesn't matter where you're listening, in the country or around the world, you can leave out of Tampa and just get to Tampa. Now, the price of the cruise doesn't include your travel to Tampa, but if you live in Florida, it's pretty easy. And the eight-hour drive from Pensacola or from Key West, not a big deal. But we'd love for you to join, but we need you to get signed up right away. Go out to iWorkForHim.com.
1: Yeah, and you can look for our event um we have an event tab and you can find the details there it takes you over to facebook which can take you over to our cruise planners website you know which you tell two friends and they tell two friends, and so on and so on. <laughs> and perhaps you'd
0: like us to come, you know, one of the things that Martha and I do, and and this is just great for all you listeners to understand, one of the things that Martha and I are doing is meeting with pastors across Tampa Bay for now because that's within our budget. and, and well, it's off, within
1: our radius. Well,
0: that too. And but we're willing to travel if you're willing to help us get some travel expenses, but we are trying to uh, offering ourselves to help local churches, get marketplace ministries established within the church and get marriage ministries marriage mentoring ministries started within the church.
1: Yeah, a lot of times we just are starting the conversation. People just don't even think about it. You think about having women's ministries and men ministries and kids ministries and really have lost the focus on marriage. And um so many people know if you are married, you need to have some help speaking into your marriage. And that's just what we want to do. We want to be able to come alongside the churches and encourage them to make marriages a priority. Because if the culture is not making marriage a priority and you feel like you're fighting a losing battle, and we just, we don't want that to happen. We want to encourage people to to work hard and to make their marriage what God intended
0: it to be. So we'd like to partner with you. You, If you're at a local church that you love your church, but you'd love to see it get address a couple of these issues, marketplace training, marriage mentoring, we'd love to help you. Just contact us, jim at iworkforhim.com or martha at iworkforhim.com, or just go to iworkforhim.com and click on the Contact Us page.
1: Yeah, so we'd just like to emphasize that, especially in Together on Tuesdays with Jim and Martha, because that is our focus of the day, is talking about relationships, talking about marriage, and a lot of relationships that can lead to marriage.
0: You know, one of the things that's awesome is that we've been working on the things, the things that we talk about on this show uh, are things that we're working on all the time. So we're, we're, you're hearing it right from our heart. Martha, today we're going to talk about The Lies the Couples Believe, a book by Dr. Chris Thurman. This is, I don't know, like week five or six. And, and the lie we're going to debunk today is that all of our marriage problems are my spouse's fault.
1: Yeah, that's that a lot of people believe that lie. In fact, in the in the chapter the author states this is a lie that you really probably believe more than you ever imagined.
0: Well, uh, and let me just step onto a soapbox moment for here just for okay, a Okay, so
1: fair warning is that what Fair you're warning. <laughs>
0: I'm stepping up onto the soapbox. You know, we live in an extraordinarily judgmental culture. Mm. We're always so quick to judge and point the finger at other people for their issues. And, and most people really struggle with taking responsibility for their own issues. They're always very, very easily finding fault with others. But this isn't a new problem. Jesus addressed this problem 2,000 years ago. Yet in our culture today, it's okay to never take responsibility, not even to apologize for wrongdoing, even if you've been caught red-handed. You, which I'm not sure where that came from. It must be somebody was stealing something red. Out. Yeah, we should you should work on that one right, but even if you get caught red-handed just like well just ignore it or pretend but in marriage that never works but you know Jesus said this in Matthew 7 1 through 5 he said judge not that you be that you not be judged wow that you be not judged I don't know why I grabbed gravity you want to say lest not
1: you be judged All right. that's what you learned. for
0: with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye? But do not notice that log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when there is a long when there's a log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. That's really what we're talking about today. The marriage well, we just let's just summarize the show right now. The problem in your marriage—they're not all your spouse's fault. In fact, if you think they're all your spouse's fault, they're more than likely the majority of them are your fault. Oh no, sorry. But you know, it—it just—it's never. Everybody that says, "Well, my spouse—it's—it's—it's it's, it's his fault. That's why I'm—that's why we're going to break up. It's his fault. It's her fault. Whatever. It's never that way. Never. Martha and I have never seen it that way.
1: Well, the truth of the matter is, is that even though the act, the final straw may have been something that your spouse did, that isn't what led up to it. I mean, there was a whole lot more that led up to that point. And, you know, I love this topic because it really applies at work as well. So, and we always try to take this back to how can we apply it in the workplace. And so often, Everyone wants to point the finger at a coworker for a mistake or something like that, rather than owning up and taking responsibility. Or sometimes it's just responsibility as a team. And that's one of the things I love about this chapter that we'll get into is the fact that, guys, husband and wife, it's a team effort. And um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the author talks about playing, playing tennis. And when you play doubles and you lose... You don't blame the whole loss of the match on your partner.
0: Unless all the balls are on their side.
1: Yes, he did say that. And he is a tennis player, so he was speaking from experience. But the the point is, even if somebody's having an off day in a team, why do you play doubles? So you can help make up for your partner's shortcomings. I love that.
0: You know, this whole blame game thing started a few thousand years ago. Oh, yeah, all the way back to the garden when Adam and Eve decided that they knew better than God and God takes his daily walk to go 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 walk with them. And he couldn't find them. And he finds them hiding in the bushes because they were afraid because they were naked and they didn't know they were naked before him because they weren't ashamed before. Adam goes, well, it was the woman that you gave me. She's the one that gave me the fruit and I ate of it. And then Eve goes, it was the serpent. He's the one that made me do it. And the serpent said, it, oh, he didn't blame anybody because he was like, Woohoo! I succeeded, I screwed them up. This is where it started, and it hasn't stopped since then. Ladies and gentlemen, news flash for you. We all have issues. That's right, ooh, the silent. You don't even need crickets there. We all have issues. And when we get married, we bring those issues with us. You don't get to leave them at the altar. You could, but you don't often leave them at the altar. So, we the, might try. You might try, but we bring them with us. They come with us. They are inbred into us. Either they're inbred into us or we develop them highly in our working or in our growing up places. Right. So, just so you're uh, saying you uh, don't just
1: automatically have a problem free marriage and no. everything is peachy keen.
0: No, and you told me I couldn't tell people how wonderful you are and that most of the problems in our marriage really are me. So I'm not going to tell you that. So just ignore <laughs> that I just said that.
1: <laughs> Thanks. But that it, was effective. Was it effective? Good. No.
0: I, I'm just... what. What is just amazing is that what happens is we get so busy in life that we ignore the priority of investing in each other. Before we get married, we spend a lot of time dating. and We can't wait to spend the next moment to each other. And then we get married... And all of a sudden we stop doing the things we did before and we start letting little, little niggly kind of things. Niggly? Niggly. Well, they're niggles, little niggles. I have no idea where that comes from. If it's mean-spirited, I'm not meaning to be that. But little things that are just irritations start to get at us. And we would never let that happen before we got married. Right. But now that we're married, that's no longer funny.
1: Well, that's one of like the things. Like voices.
0: I do voices. I'm a voice guy. And sometimes Martha doesn't appreciate the voices. I don't know that it causes conflict, but I know it drives her nuts some days.
1: Mm, only when it's overused. I she doesn't like my do,
0: Eeyore voice. No. I do the I perfect don't like, Eeyore. Okay,
1: but anybody that knows me knows I am a glass half full person. Eeyore is the epitome of a glass empty of an person. empty glass <laughs> epitome. And it just is like I. there's enough depression and down... Down, you know,
0: what dull you drums
1: kind of things out there. We don't down need, yeah, we don't need to hear
0: Eeyore. Oh, bother. But you had to do it. I did because I'm really good at it. Okay, but l- let's just talk about this because our issues in our marriage are not our spouse's fault. When we go to the altar, first of all, any of you that have ever said, Well, I'm not sure I ever loved my spouse, that's just a lie because you went to the altar because you loved them. But things got in your way. Things got in your way. The whole point is we need to be very careful not to let things get in our way of our love, not to be so busy that we don't invest in our relationship with our spouse that we couldn't wait to spend every day with the rest of our lives. So the the problems in our marriage, when you sit at the altar, standing at the altar, whatever you're doing, kneeling at the altar, whatever it may be, you're saying, I'm all in. Burn the ships. I'm all in. I'm going all in. I'm here. For better, for worse, and sickness and health, for richer, for poor, till death do us part. We're all in. And, well, if you're all in, that's 100% in. Well, that means you're 100% in with your good and your bad.
1: That's right. And that the the main title of the chapter that we're on, on in this book, uh-huh. The Lies Couples Believe, Written by, by Dr. Dr. Chris Thurman, yep. and this is lie number five, the main title of this chapter is It Takes Two to Tango. It does. And it and it takes two to make a successful marriage. It takes two to let it go and be lackadaisical and see it go in a downward spiral. It takes two to work. It takes two for all of that.
0: Well, let's talk. People are listening going, "Wait a minute. It takes two to destroy a marriage? No, my husband did it all on his own. No, my wife did it all on her own." Nah. Here's the thing that I we have seen is that spouses are extraordinarily loyal. But at a certain point in time, if disloyalty has been bred for long enough, eventually this, there's a straw that breaks the camel's back proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back and then all of a sudden they're not willing to fight anymore and and they've allowed their love to harden they've allowed their heart to harden and then all of a sudden they're looking for any excuse to i don't know just to blame it on their spouse i don't know where's i going with that well, just it, it takes work. It takes constant work. Were you, You're looking up something in the book. You look very intent.
1: Well, yeah, I love this because he says, and the truth about marriage will set you free. He says, the truth of the matter is that both of you are responsible for the state of your marriage, regardless of who committed the offense of the moment or any offenses in the past. Now, you got to remember, we're not just talking about an ultimate offense that is ending a marriage. We're talking about Um, you forgot to pay that bill and our water got turned off or um, the milk went bad and so we couldn't eat cereal for breakfast. The milk went bad again? That has happened in our home a lot lately. When you become an empty nester, you don't drink as much milk. Hey, niggle
0: is a real word. Yeah? I just looked it up. Uh, Cause slight but persistent annoyance, discomfort or anxiety. A trifling complaint, dispute or criticism. I didn't make it up. And it's not a mean word.
1: That is great. I was worried that I said something you, And you used it appropriately. I I'm did. sure you learned it in I vocab must have learned it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. To my, to my teacher. To my teacher. I'm sorry, I didn't think class. of his name.
1: So while you're thinking about that, um, the point of the of this was that both parties are responsible for the state of the marriage, and that's when he gets into talking about tennis and playing doubles, and you don't blame your partner for losing the game. It's a joint effort, because you chose to play part doubles. You chose to go in that match together, and you play to each other's strengths. I mean, there's so many good analogies, and I don't even know tennis other than, you know, once every 10 years, getting the key from the city and going and playing, <laughs> you know, I don't know. We don't even have
0: tennis rackets anymore.
1: We don't. No, we give them So away. we can't even, can't even do that. pretend we... to know how to play we tennis. Have... <laughs> but, the, but the point is, is that we are both responsible and it takes um, effort on both parts to be that team. Because really, again, this is all about team and making a team better. You don't want to make it, you know, if you're playing doubles in tennis, you don't want to get worse. You want to improve. And that's what we should But be. it takes
0: practice. It takes work. It takes, I mean, it, to, to get better at tennis, I mean, it takes hours. Imagine getting better at tennis in Florida. Hours of slaving in, in ridiculously heat. hot sun where you sweat more than it ever rains from the sky. You know, yes. I, I just, let's just offer this up before, as we go to break. Adam and Eve made this mistake. Mm-hmm. Imagine what the next... Adam lived to be 900-some years old. It Mm. doesn't say how long Eve lived. Imagine what the next 900 years of that marriage were like. Wow. Well, if you'd have just, you know, when I was tempted, if you'd have just told me to walk away from the serpent, we'd have been better. Yeah, well, if you hadn't listened to the serpent in the first... Imagine the conversations... That was tough. I mean, most marriages don't have to live that stuff out for 60 years. This one, they had to live it out 900 years. You're listening to I Work For Him together on Tuesdays with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, as we tackle the lies that couples believe, a book written by Dr. Chris Thurman. And this week's lie, our marriage problems are all my spouse's fault. Or it takes two to tango, right? Yes. What was that hesitation?
1: Well, that's not a lie. The it takes two to tango. Well, it, well you could truth. do the tango alone, but we're talking no, about that's causing tr- problems in
0: your yeah. Sp- marriage. Yeah. No, pr- and, and this is just something we've learned. You know, there's, you know, there's always two sides to every story, and. Marriage problems, because marriage is inherently between two people, it's very difficult to marry yourself. Although I'm sure someday in the United States of America, it'll be legal to marry yourself. But we're not going to go there. So I was thinking about the couple
1: we had on the air last Tuesday. We talked about... 41 years. Don't go to bed angry. Stay up and fight. And they were talking about how even in co-writing a book together as husband and wife, they often remembered the details of an argument or a a situation very differently so perspective alone can have a huge impact on what you think really happened and it may not have been your spouse's fault
0: (laughs) but if you can marry yourself it will be all your fault well, yes. <laughs>
1: okay. You have no one else to blame. All right. I,
0: I have no idea why I went off on that tangent. But I did think of my vocabulary teacher's name from high school, Dr. Gerlach. And if he's still alive today, which he was probably a young guy then, even though he seemed old, uh, I, I want to thank <laughs> him for all the fantastic words that he taught me. But I wonder if they even
1: teach a class like that anymore. What did you learn? 1,200?
0: 1, 1,500 words. 1,500 sem- vocabulary words.
1: He had little index cards, and he walked around everywhere memorizing the root and the
0: the syllables, Etymolo- the, etymology. the etymology, etymology of all of the
1: words, and it helped you to, you know, that kind of makes me think of big fat Greek wedding that we watched this weekend.
0: The etymology of all words <laughs> goes to a Greek goes word. to the Greek.
1: <laughs> hey, I did that pretty good. I'm not You're allowed not to allowed do, to do accents. accents, and you know that.
0: <laughs> hey, big congratulations! Go out today to our oldest daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Donnie, on the celebration of their 19th anniversary. Yes. Fantastic. Happy Fantastic. anniversary. Happy anniversary. All right, so we're talking today about the lies the couples believe. And today's lie, lie number five.
1: Lie number five is, and I want to make sure I say it correctly, our marital problems are all my spouse's fault. And it's true. It's not
0: true. Okay, it's not true. It's a lie. Right, so right before the break, I brought up the, the, the comment that just imagine after Adam and Eve. Now understand, Adam and Eve, they had it pretty good. They had one rule don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil one rule that's it one rule and they can live a perfect life running around naked in a garden and cultivating the garden and just having a good time taking over the world expanding the garden growing the garden bah, 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 that's all they had to do one rule they couldn't they couldn't keep that one rule and they and you were you
1: know what something i never thought about before never Not until this moment. They only had one rule, but that wasn't bothering them until the serpent went to them with it. Yeah, and
0: he said, have you considered the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden? No, it looks delicious, doesn't it? The serpent said. And and so it was this arg Imagine... The pain. Most couples get to be married. I, mean, I just saw an article in the Indy Rocks uh, Beach newsletter. Somebody just celebrated 70-some years of marriage. Mm, Fantastic. Imagine. I hope. I don't know if I want to.
1: Se- don't even go okay. there. Don't even I
0: want to celebrate 70 years, maybe okay. even 80. But together. you
1: can't imagine physically what you would feel like.
0: Man, I feel this <laughs> way at 50. I can't imagine what I feel like at 100. All right. But so you look at what, what was, I mean, They had a pretty tough life because shortly after this, one of their children killed another one of their children, and they had children and children, 900 years of children. I just can't even imagine the pain that they went through. The regret. The regret with that one decision and Mm -hmm. how they reminded each other. Uh, The average spouse would say, if you would just have said, if you would have been the husband you were supposed to be, this never would have happened because honestly, if Adam would have said, Eve, stop talking to the serpent. If Adam would have been the provider and protector for Eve, Eve wouldn't have talked to the serpent. He would have stopped her. And if, I mean, that's just one of those things. But
1: here's the beautiful thing. That goes both directions.
0: Absolutely. And you
1: can, as much as you can say, well, if Adam would have done this, the other argument is, well, if Eve would have done this. Well,
0: what could have, what what role did Eve play in that whole deal?
1: I don't know, Jim. Tell me, what role are you thinking she played? What was that? Well, because I don't know where your brain was going. So, just answer your own question.
0: <laughs> well, she was out wandering around talking to people she shouldn't have been talking to. And then because she sinned, she already knew the feeling that was within her. Then she said, Well, if I'm going to feel this way. I got to make sure Adam feels this way too. Okay.
1: But here, you know, this is going to drive you crazy because I'm, you know, looking at the benefit of the doubt. You don't think that the serpent sought her out? No, He I, was looking to trip her up. Absolutely. She wasn't out wandering about looking for somebody bad to talk to. Well, well, and, and honestly, he it, was looking for her.
0: The way this looks is that Adam and Eve were together, but Eve was doing the talking. So instead of Adam putting a kibosh on the conversation, he lets Eve have a conversation, take a bite of the fruit, and she hands it to him. It doesn't say she had to search him. He was out in the fields. So, so she hands them a, the fruit.
1: This is a perfect example of the, what we're talking about today, then. It's not really a matter of it being all Adam's fault or all Eve's fault. It took both two to tango.
0: And sin was at the center of the tangoing. That's right. And really, sin is still at the center of the tangoing here today. I mean, there is no... <sighs> Stop pointing your finger at your spouse. We've talked about this before. Stop pointing a finger. When you point the finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. We all heard that in third grade and we're still around today and it's still true. When you point your finger, unless all your fingers have been chopped off, the other three are pointing back at you.
1: So the important thing in a marriage relationship is that if you see you as a couple compromising on something you know is wrong or going in a direction that you know you shouldn't be going, you both have an accountability issue there. And I know for you and I, um, sometimes one of us is stronger than the other. Um, even as silly as sitting and watching another episode of something on TV. You know, okay, we've wasted enough time today just, you know, vegging out. Just
0: talking about binge watching on Netflix.
1: Oh, yes. So Not one that anybody of listening's us, ever done that. No, no. But um, one of us might say, you know what, we probably just need to turn it off. We're done for the day. And that, Even just that simple example of saying, okay, we need, it does take discipline, but somebody needs to just stand up and say, you know what? I think we need to, um, make a change here.
0: (laughs) Martha, the key to this one is all, all my marriage problems are my spouse's fault. Anytime a couple or a person within a couple uses all, never, every time, all the time, never, as I say that, I mean, it, it just, those are never true.
1: They're never true.
0: Never, ever. All the time, they're never true. They're always false. Always false, because it's never always the true. <laughs> I can't say it. <laughs> the point is, the point it can't being, be
1: one hundred percent always, whatever.
0: Hey, let's just let's remind people we've got a book we're giving away today. We've already given away one copy. Let's just say you're just tuning in today. We're giving the book we're highlighting today is understanding the man you love, ladies. As you're out there and you're going. Wow, there's a book written like that? Now, understand, gentlemen, there's not a book written on understanding the woman you love because it would take 18,000 pages. You know pages.
1: what? You just need to be nice.
0: It's not that I'm not being he nice. You didn't we- say that. Women are complicated. As an author. Women are complicated.
1: No, but I will tell you this author looks amazing. He has written books. That's my son. That's my teenage son. That's my um, girl. Talking about a father's love protects and empowers his daughter. Mm. So he's got, and then the the great marriage one, becoming your spouse's better half.
0: Ooh. Hey, just a little transparent family moment here. We got to spend, week before last, a, we got to have a vacation day or vacation week with all of our kids. Mm-hmm. All at one time. All of our kids from all over the nation in one spot. Yes. It was awesome.
1: Yes. Yeah, so what's transparent about that? I mean, yeah,
0: I agree that it was awesome, but... We got to have great conversations. We got to do devotions together as a family. We did. I, it was fun. And we didn't, you know, we were in Pigeon Forge. We didn't go to any amusement parks, never went to any shows. <laughs> I know you said you wanted to, sorry. The only amusement, we spent a couple hours at the at the uh, uh, Outlet Mall and a couple hours go-karting. Right. Which, by the way...
1: was it, a lot of fun. It
0: was a lot of fun and I won every race. That's not important. Not
1: that we're tra- Not track important.
0: Of that. And if my no. son or my son in law or my daughter.
1: Or your grandson. Or my grandson or my granddaughter listening.
0: No he offense. He loves you,
1: but no. thank you for letting him win.
0: Oh, nobody loves Actually, me
1: win. I loved it because Allie, who is 11, said thought that she was in the lead the whole time because she was in front She's in of front. everybody
0: else. Well, she was not front. After we passed her, we went way past it her. It
1: was so cute. But and I just, did not correct her. You
0: know, we just, it was a no-nonsense vacation. We rented a cabin in the Hills and Pigeon Forge yep. and just played outside in the Smoky Mountains. It was great. Time in the river, time climbing, the five-mile short little walk that my son picked out. Anyway, in it the, just, it the was great. The day. And what was really awesome is Martha and I truly disconnected because we have fantastic guest hosts, and so thank you to all of you. Yes, it was absolutely
1: fabulous. It it was.
0: It was very cool. All right, so we're talking about the lies that couples believe. And this, uh, this lie is that all my marriage problems are my spouse's fault. So how do we get couples, how do we get spouses within couples to recognize the contribution that they bring to the problems in their marriage? What's a good way to do that? Well, let's go to the book.
1: How about that? The first thing that he says is that we need to switch from saying you to I. To take some responsibility there. Instead of saying you made me angry, you could say I feel angry because of what happened.
0: Ooh, and that what you just said there is something we talk about all the time with couples. To get people to express their feelings. When you did this, it made me feel like this. Mm-hmm. Guys really have a hard time saying it made me feel anything 'cause we're we're all these heartless, unfeeling people. But the I part, I was hurt, therefore I reacted. I am sorry. Please forgive me. I love you.
1: A little bit of emotion in that might be well, helpful too. Instead of it sounding like a lecture or a you know, my mom is making me come and apologize like you had <laughs> to do when you were a little kid. But it is
0: but it is I mean, the bottom line is couples. It, it is. I mean, every, everybody contributes. What? 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 I, I, I'm just not listening with bated breath
1: to what, what you're going to say.
0: Everybody contributes to their own problems.
1: Most definitely. But when we react, what the author is saying is the first thing you have to do is switch it around from saying you did this to I felt this felt way. this way or i stormed out of the room because of that how rather about, than about
0: emerson egrich's greatest line one of his greatest lines. okay Which you one? can be right but wrong at the top of your voice because mm-hmm. how many of us we're trying to get across our point but we're screaming and yelling that makes you wrong whether it's with your spouse or with your kids yes and and guess what when you're yelling nobody's listening They're either thinking about something they can throw at you or how they run away or they're scared to death of you, but they're not listening.
1: So the second thing that the author says goes right along with that. It says, when you blame your feelings or actions on your spouse, make sure you apologize and ask for their forgiveness because we're going to mess up. We're going to um, jump to that conclusion and blame them for the issue, but then being able to step back and go, you know what? That was really wrong of me to do that. I realized that... uh, we didn't approach this right, or we did, you know. I I contributed this too by, you know, serving you brownies last night and then you couldn't sleep and you got tired and oh then you were cranky. <laughs> you <laughs> that were, never happened. They must
0: have had like espresso beans in those brownies. They were like double chocolate. So I Whew, think that's it. They were, they're so sweet and, and they're supercharged with ridiculous energy.
1: But I just want to point out one thing. Was that? I didn't tell you how much of them to
0: eat. We ate the same amount. Did we? Yes. Wow. But nothing affects you because you are a caffeine complete addict. So it doesn't keep me awake. No.
1: Although right. you keep me You right. kept me awake.
0: <laughs> yes. And that's part of the problem. I don't like to do that. So, so anyway, so number two is, is asking for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness. And blame. that's so important. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this show today, asking for, for forgiveness just take responsibility for your actions. Put your pride aside. Shut up for a minute and say you're sorry, but don't shut up and say you're sorry. Say you're sorry, then shut up. I mean, we we make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Every one of us makes mistakes. Nobody is better than anybody else. Our sins don't make us rank any better. Just apologize and stop the stupid. Because you, if you just stop, I'm sorry. Like yesterday. Yesterday, I was fake fighting with Martha. She was saying nothing, and I made a comment, that I'm like, now, don't argue with me. That's exactly what we're going to do. Just whatever it is, just this is what we're going to do. And I was just, being agreeable. You were just... And, and I just was like, honey, crazy. stop arguing with me. <laughs> and and she told me that wasn't funny.
1: Was, I thought it was funny. It was funny the first couple times.
0: Okay. So 30 or 40 times in, she didn't think it's funny anymore. So I just stopped well, right there. So yes, I'm sorry. You you I love you. You respected
1: that. Yeah, because I, I, I don't want to irritate
0: it. you. Because I know at times I... I was praying today. And I slipped into some of my funny voices while I was praying, and I had to <laughs> apologize to the Lord. <laughs> my Ed, Ed, and Eddie voice. Like, oh, my goodness. I was you know, like, Lord, I'm sorry. I just, I like voices. He put that in me. I,
1: why would you be sorry to God for that? He.
0: Because, I don't know, it just seems disrespectful. Okay. You know one of the greatest fight scenes that there's a great makeup scene at the end in? Known, everybody knows about this. Well, okay, everybody that's a movie buff. The fight scene from Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Right. Where they're in the kitchen. What's well, an apartment? No, complex. it's their house. They're in their house. Okay. Remember, because at the end they blow the house completely up. Yes. Because they had put the gas on and put you know lighters by. I mean, they were doing all these crazy things. But they they were both leading secret lives, contributing to the detriment of their marriage. Yes. They were both spies trying to kill each other. Well, being sent to kill each other, but. They were keeping from killing each other, but they both were leading secret lives, pretending to run businesses when they were both secret spies.
1: And they and, worked for competitors. Right. They worked companies. for competitors spy companies, <laughs> however that
0: is. It's a great fight scene. But the whole point of it is they both contributed to the damage to their marriage, and eventually they made up. And they made out on the floor on glass, and then eventually they got out of the house before the house you blew, know, up. blew up. up. Great fight scene. We it should use that fight. on the next marriage retreat.
1: There you go. So one of the other things that the author talks about after he says, you know, stop using the word you in blaming and use the word I. Apologize when you, blame, when you do blame your spouse for your actions or your feelings. And he says that people who blame others for their emotions or actions are actually running away from taking responsibility for their own stuff.
0: Well, a lot of times we learn that from our parents, though. I mean, a lot of times we learned we have parents that wouldn't take responsibility for their own actions and they will blame other people. They would never take responsibility. So we learn that. So those kind of behaviors are learned. Mm-hmm. So as Christ followers, we need to unlearn them. So and, and just take responsibility for your own actions. But let's flip that back into the workplace that you did That's a couple of seconds. Really? Say. You were going to do that? So we're on the same aim right? Same channel. Plank. Same, same bat 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 channel. channel. <laughs> right. Because listen, in, at work, we cause conflict. How do I know you cause conflict at work? Well, because you're human. And when we cause conflict at work, a lot of times we just hope and pretend that it'll just go away. We, we just avoid it. And honestly, a lot of you people out there are managers, supervisors, leaders, or owners, if there's conflict in your office, you need to face the conflict because if you keep ignoring it, conflict never shrinks. It is one of those, it's like putting a little yeast in the dough and putting it on an oven that's been warm for a little while it doesn't shrink. However long you leave it there, it doesn't shrink. What does it do, Martha? It grows. And it grows, and it grows. And eventually, it'll either get moldy or blow up. Yeah. And that's good. what happens with a conflict that's unresolved.
1: That's exactly right. And so many times in the workplace, we blame other people for- That was for, a really
0: good analogy, wasn't it? That was really good.
1: Yes. Makes I think that might be scriptural. Rolls. Because, you know, yeast was a good example. And All right. But but that happens at work, at work where we blame people. We say, you know, it's their fault that the project fell apart or it's their fault that we went over budget or it's their fault that we didn't meet the deadline with the client instead of looking at it and saying, you know what, what could I have done better to contribute to the team to make this happen? And really stopping that blaming and coming together and saying, you know what? Here's what I could have done. And changing the culture. When you you were starting to talk about this, that's really what it is. It becomes a culture thing. If you see your boss or the owners blaming other people, then you're going to do the same thing. And if you see them... Right.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, if the bosses are an example of this, then...
1: So really, it's Set the same thing example. at home with a with a married couple. You're setting an example for, to, for your kids, for the next generation of married people. And if they see you blaming each other, talking into your breath, bad-mouthing each other, that's what they are going to think is okay. Boy, it's, we don't want that.
0: It's not okay. And, and, and yeah, all your bad behaviors, if you ever want to know if you have any bad behaviors, just look at your children, people. Seriously. You ever wonder where they learned that? They learned it from you. Now, honestly, children are born sinful. They come out. You never have to teach them how to be selfish. You never have to teach them how to, to control and manipulate. But they do get perfect those skills under your tutelage as a parent. If you ever wonder where those words came from, <laughs> they heard you speaking them. Well,
1: they either heard you speaking them or somewhere that you've allowed them to be, where they've gotten some influence that you wish they hadn't.
0: On earth, we might blame our spouse for everything, including our own behavior, but before God... Would that go over? No. Because in Hebrews 4.13, he says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom all are accountable. And really, Martha, as we, as we finalize the show today, as we summarize the show, it's, it's been fun talking about this. What kind of, what are the costs? What, do you, what are some of the costs that you see when, when couples, when spouses believe this lie, what are some of the costs to the marriage?
1: Well, it builds a huge wedge in your relationship if you are sitting there across the table from each other and thinking about the fact that, man, you're to blame for how I'm feeling right now.
0: And it's such, I don't even know how people can say that with a straight face. Take responsibility. But it also, if you really believe this lie, it also will impact your health because a lot of people, when they start becoming self-centered, thinking that all of their problems are somebody else's fault, they start to internalize it and it can cause mental issues. It can cause health issues. Sure.
1: And you can just become a an overly negative person if you're looking all around you and blaming everybody else. Like it said in the book that you know most of the time when people are blaming somebody else, it's because they just don't want to own up to um, their their who they really are. I was thinking about um, the the theme for Wit Ministries, which we love, and their thing is open, broken, free, and open is the first step, which means being honest and and having that good conversation and that's really where this
0: starts with ministries why don't you describe that really quick
1: well it's just whatever it takes ministries and it's it's a marriage ministry meant for the husband and the wife they both meet separately for a weekend and then together and it's just saying you know what we know we're broken we know that we have to work really hard and submit this to the lord once and for all in our marriage so that we can have a healthy marriage and move forward and be stronger and um, closer than we've ever been before. And they really help facilitate
0: that. It's fan. It's a fantastic one. You know, I think Mm -hmm. one of the other things in in believing this lie, not only does it impact your marriage and really destroy the very foundation of your marriage because marriage is built on selflessness, not selfishness. Mm. So it impacts your marriage, it impacts your health, but it really impacts your kids really impacts your kids because your kids are seeing this modeled and honestly guess what if you keep blaming each other for each other's for all the problems in your marriage eventually you won't have a marriage and then your kids will really be impacted this is one of those things that needs to be fought right away dealt with right away just learn to be humble because none of us is perfect in god's eyes
1: romans fourteen twelve says so then each of us will give an account for ourselves to god not for somebody else.
0: Yeah, just we we we've got to somehow get this into our society that that we need to take responsibility. As Christ followers, I don't e- I don't even know how anybody ever sees justification for this behavior. Now, I'm saying I've done this. I mm-hmm. am sure I have blamed Martha. Have I ever blamed you for anything of my own issues?
1: Well, I don't know what goes on in your head.
0: <laughs> Thank God for that. Sorry. Um but I am sure that we've blamed each other for certain things and you know, we, we've gotten to a very healthy spot where we've become very transparent and, and hopefully nipping in the bud the stupid arguments that we have. But this, as Christ followers, it's never about you again. When you become a Christ follower, it's all about Jesus. And if you bring that attitude in your marriage, you solve a lot of problems.
1: Well, you know, you were saying we've got to try to change this in their culture. And the way that's going to happen is just one couple at a time making a difference
0: one couple at a time one employee at a time you can end the stupid the conflict the blaming of other people in your marriage or in your uh, workplace right now hey we still have a copy of understanding the man you love nobody called for that No, for the second copy if you don't you, you gotta want to know the people that you're married to understanding the man you love call the studio line now 877-943-9673 thanks for tuning in today We'd love to challenge you to go out to IWorkForHim.com and join the I Work For Him nation. Be part of change in your workplace and in this nation. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers and we own our own business, but ultimately, I Work, work for, for Him. him.